Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. There are a few games throughout history as polarizing as Zelda II The Adventure of Link. On one hand, it's a good to great game, especially for the time that it came out. And on the other hand, it's considered by many to be one of or the worst, or even just a bad Zelda game, given just how different it is from the rest of the series. Though that's the word I would use to describe it, different. Because instead of a top-down action-adventure game like we see in the original, or the games that would come later in the series, Zelda 2 is a side-scrolling RPG. So why did Nintendo shift gears from the first game to the second? Well, in Japan, Zelda 2 came out on January 14th, 1987, and Zelda 1 came out February 21st, 1986, so just under a full year from the original. So clearly these games had to have been developed in close proximity with one another, and both Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 hit stores in Japan before either was released in the United States. And when the first game hit stores here, it was a massive success, so that's the formula that Nintendo continued with, with A Link to the Past, and the series would continue on from there. So perhaps Nintendo decided to try two different styles to see what works, or maybe they just thought this was the next evolution, because after all, Zelda 2's combat is more intense than Zelda 1's. I mean, just at a glance, this does seem more impressive and realistic than this. Or maybe they just wanted it to be more like Mario with a larger sprite that's more identifiable. Either way, Zelda 1 was more successful, so that's the route that they went. Just like the original, we are once again greeted with scrolling text on the title screen explaining what's going on, as the adventure of Link does build on and flesh out the Zelda story a bit more, both on the title screen and in the manual. The plot, one year after the events of The Legend of Zelda, the now 16-year-old Link notices a strange mark on the back of his left hand, exactly like the crest of Hyrule. He seeks out Impa, who takes him to the North Castle, where a door has been magically sealed for generations. Impa places the back of Link's left hand on the door and as it opens, revealing a sleeping maiden. Impa tells Link that the maiden is Zelda, not the Zelda from the first game, the princess of Hyrule from long ago, and the origin of the titular Legend of Zelda. Zelda's brother tried to force her into telling their recently deceased father secrets concerning the Triforce. Princess Zelda refused to reveal its location, and the prince's wizard friend in anger tried to strike her down with a spell. Zelda fell under a powerful sleeping spell, but the wizard was unable to control the wildly arcing magic and was killed by it. 
The prince, filled with remorse and unable to reverse the spell, had his sister placed in the castle tower, hoping she would one day be awakened. He decreed that princesses born to the royal family from that point on would be named Zelda in remembrance of this tragedy. It was says that the mark on Link's hand means that he is the hero chosen to awaken Zelda. She gives Link a chest containing six crystals and ancient writings that only a great future king of Hyrule can lead. Link finds that he can read the document even though he has never seen the language before. It indicates that the crystals must be set into statues within six palaces scattered across Hyrule. This will open the way to the Great Palace, which contains the Triforce of Courage. Only the power of the combined Triforces can awaken Zelda. Taking the crystals, Link sets out to restore them to their palaces. Meanwhile, Ganon's followers seek to kill Link as sprinkling his blood on Ganon's ashes will bring Ganon back to life. Ultimately, Link must restore the crystals to the six palaces and enter the Great Palace to claim the Triforce of Courage. This time around, you'll notice the differences immediately. Link can now move on a 2D plane when in combat, towns, or dungeons, and in the overworld, enemies no longer can attack you. Instead, they appear at random and will force you into a dedicated battle screen, almost like you would see in a game like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy. Though the game provides no true tutorial like the original, you are somewhat free to explore the area you're given. And instead of being pointed to a cave with a sword, this time around, there is now an actual road to follow that will take you to towns or blocked paths. So it's likely you'll immediately head to a town where the townsfolk actually give you useful advice. And you'll also notice the town names, which are later used as the name of the sages in Ocarina of Time. You can get healed and have your magic restored by two women in the town by um, questionable means. So this makes every town a safe space instead of having to hope for hearts, which will be very important later. The townsfolk will also tell you secrets like finding a candle in the palace, which will light up the caves and the surrounding areas, and it takes us to our first dungeon and our first test of combat, which has been upgraded substantially over the original. You can still block by simply standing there, although now you have a high and low block. You can still fire an energy beam from your sword if you're at maximum health, and the sword play can be tricky at first, but once you begin to take down some of the harder enemies and learn their attack patterns, it actually can become fun and engaging. And once you unlock the down thrust and up thrust, it just gives you such an advantage of using momentum to take down enemies or dodge them by bouncing off their heads. That difficulty curve, however, will definitely take some time to get used to. And the combat can be incredibly frustrating at times as enemies can often move faster than you, read your attacks, and flood the screen causing quick and easy deaths. Not to mention that Zelda 2 does suffer from the NES side-scroller bounce back, like you'll find in the Castlevania games, leading to infuriating deaths where you'll just fall off a ledge, especially since it could cause you to get sent all the way back to the starting area. That's right. If you plan on playing this today, I highly recommend playing the Switch Online version or on the NES Classic or just emulation as you can make use of save states and the rewind feature as it genuinely makes the game far more enjoyable. The backtracking in this game, if you do happen to die and lose all of your lives, which 
you will. You will keep your levels as you progress, but you will just almost always be sent all the way back. The worst part about the backtracking is that you constantly have to go through screens like this along your path that can just cause you damage, making the palaces that much more difficult. And if you do die, you lose all of your current experience points. So. There's even a SP mode on the Switch Online service that starts you out much stronger, and I would not discredit anyone who decided to play this game in this way. Leveling up in Zelda 2 is going to be your absolute best friend because the difference in each level feels massive, especially with the attack power. Being able to lower the amount of hits enemies needs is honestly the most important thing in this game. So if you do find yourself having a hard time grinding, while time consuming can make the dungeons a bit easier, being able to take more hits or cast an extra life or shield spell in tough spots can literally make all of the difference in this game. Thankfully, if you do die and find yourself backtracking, it gets a little bit easier as you progress and less cumbersome by each new item you obtain. The candle lets you see in dark caves, the hammer lets you destroy rocks and open new paths, the boots let you walk on water. Even with that, some of the later areas will take a while to get back to, so I do recommend, again, save state if you wanna play this today. The world itself is, or at least feels, much bigger, especially with the addition of towns as opposed to just finding a single person in a cave. You even have to sail to different regions, and looking at the map, you can actually see the original game's overworld in this tiny little corner of the map. So the world in the Northern Kingdom, as it's been referred to, is much, much bigger. Dungeons are mostly the same from the original combat heavy with layouts that can sometimes lead to dead ends. You'll find an item that can help you explore new areas, and just like the original, you'll need keys to progress to other rooms in the dungeons. Unlike Zelda 1, however, you cannot use keys from other dungeons, so you'll just have to find them, or you can use the fairy spell for a quick tip to fly through the doors once you get it. Dungeon bosses aren't too difficult once you figure out their pattern, and most of them, just like most of the enemies, is just simply go for the head. The final showdown with Shadow Link is also one of the coolest final fights in the entire series as he just perfectly mirrors your moves. When you make it to the final dungeon, thankfully if you die, or perhaps when you die, you will start over there. This is actually because the Japanese game was made for the Famicom disc system, so players would have to actually flip the disc to the other side to play that dungeon as that was the side that contained the memory for that level. So rather than having to flip the disc over each time when they got a game over, the developers just had them restart there. Thankfully, this is the same in the American version, uh, the cartridge and every other version of it as well. So once you make it there, you can stay at that dungeon. The soundtrack for Zelda 2 is one of my absolute favorites. Even though it's only a few tracks, Compared to the original, we now have a town theme and a random encounter theme to break up some of just the overworld and dungeon theme. And it's just nostalgia here, but this is easily one of my favorite Zelda soundtracks, especially just the opening scene. So is Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link worth playing today? And how does it hold up in the larger Zelda series? For me, I'd say 100% it's worth playing today but I'd recommend doing so with save states or the rewind feature. It's worth playing at least once. If you're a fan of the whole Zelda series, things like the downslash, magic system, some of the soundtrack, and even Dark Link all come from this game. And it's definitely interesting to think what would have happened if this game had been better received than Zelda 1. Would the franchise have ended up being more like Castlevania or Metroid, perhaps? Maybe Zelda would have turned into another hybrid with an overworld and then action scenes like Actraiser or some sort of Castlevania Final Fantasy hybrid. Who knows? 
it's likely Nintendo will never revisit this game, so now it remains in its original format for better or worse, which is how you could probably sum up this game, because there are genuine moments which I like, and you're met with a lot of moments of frustration that can just derail the whole experience. So, you guys decide. Leave me a comment and let me know what you think of this game as a whole. Is it worth replaying? Does it deserve its reputation? Or is it a game best left in the past? Which brings me to the next game I will be covering as we continue on our Zelda march as we move to The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or check out our podcast on iTunes or come hang out on Twitch. We'll see you next time. And as always, thanks for watching.